Welcome to episode 17 of RPG Blueprints and the first episode of season 2. It's been a year since I started this project, and in that time, we've discussed many different things about role playing games and different ways of injecting your creativity into them. Elizabeth has come back once again for character creation, but we're not just making normal Dungeons and Dragons characters. I took all different pieces from the systems we've talked about over the course of Season 1 to create something a little ridiculous, but we ended up having some pretty fun characters. I kind of want to figure out how to run a composite system for these Frankenstein characters. Enjoy the episode. It's been a year, and I'm here with Elizabeth, and um, thanks for joining me on my anniversary episode. Yay! Happy to be here, happy to be back. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm happy you're back. I think it's appropriate, because we started this whole endeavor together, um, making uh, characters in D&D, so... um, I'm excited to make some really weird characters today with you in not D and D, with like a flavor of that. <laughs> yeah, just a slight flavor. Um, no, I'm excited. But yeah, oh, I I hope it turns out I didn't actually run through this myself. Um, hi, everyone listening. Um, a little confusing what we're talking about, but what I'm what what we're doing today, we're running through this. Uh, monster Frankenstein uh, character creation um, that uh, has a piece of all of the previous um, topics that we've covered uh, throughout the year on RPG Blueprints. Um, And at its base, it uh, is kind of like Quest. We're going to end up with a character paragraph, um, so we don't have to you know, do any nitty gritty stat rolling or anything. It's, it's just going to be fun. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. So let's, uh, we're just going to get right into it. Cause you know how to make a character at this point. And yeah, to start off though, I do have a little bit about setting. So, um, I've got some questions here. Um, I'm going to let you answer as many of these as you think are interesting. Um, so, uh, the i've got these these come from the ultimate rpg game masters world building guide which i did talk about um for the world building episode um and i took some uh elements from the fantasy and sci-fi um setting guides um at the beginning of both they've got uh sort of a d20 roll that you can uh, pick from a, a list of questions and I just picked some that I thought could kind of cross over um, and guide where we're going to take these characters today. Alright, so do you want fantasy or sci-fi? Well, we could take elements of both. <laughs> that, like, like I said, whatever you think is interesting out of I picked five from the fantasy and four from the sci-fi. Oh, no, I added my own. The fifth of fantasy is my own. What is the each. source of magic? Yeah, because I think uh, at cool. base, if you if you're talking about magic, I think it's just a good thing to establish. Which they go in depth, and there's a whole like source creation part of that fantasy section. But I'm just condensing it into one quick question. Do you want to start there? All right. Okay, so, so we are establishing that magic is real. You got to have magic for sure. Okay. So, um, what is the source of magic? Hmm. I'm going to say it's something that is, like, accessible. Like, it's through, like, the earth. Uh, So, Mm. everyone's able to tap into this magic, but they're not necessarily all able to use it in effective ways. Okay, so 
is it that the earth sort of like has absorbed this energy this magical energy and we can tap into it or is it like underground there's like reserves of magical gems or yeah. like ley lines or what are we talking about i would here? say like the last one like the lines right so it's okay. something that's running under the surface that we can like access but it's like come onto the surface on its own through like trees and plants um, mm. but we have figured out a way to like actually like dig in and tap into it. So then certain areas are more concentrated than others. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Any of these other questions popping out to you? Yeah. So I took a look at some of the other questions and I was trying to kind of see what popped out. And, mm-hmm. uh, one of the ones that I thought of was actually in the sci-fi category. So what are the yep. most common forms of transportation in this world? And I was yeah. like, okay, if they're tapping to something underground, um, honestly, I think it'd be cool if it was like this magical, like bullet train situation. Like they've managed yes. to like, like they run on the ley lines. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Okay. So like these tracks are like hyperspeed magic pieces, uh, and that's how people get around the world. Okay, so with these bullet trains, um, what? Uh, that tells us something about it. Is this like Magitech? Like it is sort of like our high technology, but it's based on magic as opposed to like pure science electricity. Oh, definitely. Oh man. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. (laughs) Well, it's like Uh, the tech we have, but better, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It can do (laughs) crazy stuff that we can't even dream of. Well, yeah. We'll see. Maybe one day. We can definitely dream of it. That's how we're doing this right now. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people people thought back in the day that, you know, having uh, a call with, like, uh, someone at high distances with video, that was just, like, those magic mirrors. We we now have magic <laughs> mirrors in, in our pockets, so. We do have magic mirrors in our pockets. <laughs> No, and there's all these, like, memes out of, like, all the items we had in, like, the 90s, early 2000s, and then it's, like, all on your phone now, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, my younger self did not imagine what a cell phone now can do, because cell phones themselves weren't a thing. Like, it's crazy. So, yeah, we'll get there. Um, uh, The other one that I was looking at was... What fear is shared by many people across this world and what measures have they taken to guard against this fear? I was looking at a really small scale concept. So I was Mm -hmm. like, well, if people can tap into this magic and it's everywhere and we did say it'd be in higher concentrations in different places, I would say that they'd have like a super jail that is in a place with not a lot of access to this magic, but it's actually... Um, an elevated jail so it's like as far away from the actual surface of the earth as possible oh so their fear is people abusing magic and they um need to be contained they made sky jail sky jail sky jail so that people can't access the magic Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense i was thinking kind of like what do they do with like like x-men and like metahumans like they have to have special jails for them and i was like oh but if the magic's just everywhere how do you how do you stop someone from abusing that magic oh that's very interesting so there's like certain maybe dead zones even in the world that like do not have the magic yeah and then like yeah and if you go too high there's no space magic no okay so that also tells us like you used a sci-fi question, but see, that's why I put some of them, some of these in and why I picked them is that they weren't like so narrow in what they would do mm-hmm. for our setting. Yeah. I like that. No. And even with that, like if you're further from the surface of the earth, that also goes into question number four from the sci-fi section, which is what is the farthest distance an ordinary person in this world can realistically hope to travel? Mm. I would say there is no space travel because the magic runs out before you hit okay. the atmosphere. And and the thing is, is if they um, if their technology is magic technology, they would maybe they're they actually limit themselves by relying on it. 
and um and so they just haven't gone past that yeah they're like we need it like they're dependent on this access yeah interesting okay so we're i'm getting a sense that we're in sort of a time of like relative abundance um like things are good um and yeah so I have another oh. idea. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I would also say, like, you know how we have in our modern society, like, a difference between our world and theirs? Um, if you live on the top floor, you're, like, the rich person because you have the penthouse suite. Like, in this situation, like, the poor people would live higher up and the rich people would actually have the first floor. It Wait, be what, th- if, what if rich people live subterranean? Because they're <gasps> even, even better. Closer. Yes. Bing, bing, cool. Bing. Nice. That's a good one. I I wanted to also answer number four from fantasy, what fear is shared by many people across the world. Because yeah. um, I also want to say that these ley lines, um, they create like pockets of magical creatures as well. Like there are like certain like caves or forests or lakes that are on these ley lines that create like dangerous beasts. And so... Um, that's like there is a need for uh adventuring or like monster slaying in some capacity no that makes total sense right like because if you think about getting into like any like evolutionary science right like if you like supercharge some basic microorganisms they're gonna get all wonky and terrifying so yeah that makes a lot of sense Perfect. I like where this is going. Okay. Um, for these questions, is there any others that you want to answer or are we good to move on for move our on. setting? Okay. Okay. So, um, the first part of our actual care, well, I like the next part of our setting comes from and you shall shatter temples. And uh, what we're going to do is one of us is going to draw a, a card, and that is going to be the overall power that weighs down on us. The overall power that is weighing down on us. Can I draw the card? Absolutely. All right. So I am drawing card, and it is a four of spades. Okay. And spades. This is taken directly from And You Shall Shatter Temples. The domain of conflict, the realm of bloody-handed wreck and ruin, of the unrelenting machinery of warfare, of every blade held by hands whose promise not to turn them on you is just the promise of not yet. Oh my god, I love it. Okay, so we have high technology, but I guess there is war. We're in a warring sort of uh, state, whatever that means, and um, not a lot of trust between people, despite, you know, what I said about relative abundance. But you can have relative abundance and still have, like, war, right? Because abundance means there's just more and more and more that people want. So Mm -hmm. I would say this is especially the promise of not yet. If you do have access to these like like magical pools, you just have to get to them, right? So it could be we've won the war for now because our area has the most amount of power and the other ones know it. But at any time, they could come across their own magic pool if they like dig deep enough or look in another spot. Ooh, so I, I like that sort of idea that there is a bit of a truce, but it's very tenuous. Like, like anything could make it snap and people could be back to full on war. Yeah. Or just think of like regular, like, like shifting of like the plates, right? Like if we were to have like an earthquake somewhere, that natural disaster would like Ooh. open up magic in one place, maybe take it from somewhere else. Like there's constantly oh, this so idea of not yet yes oh okay that's great okay this is awesome so the next part we're gonna go to our role or class and so we're going to roll a d4 to figure out whether we're taking that from dungeons and dragons 
Blades in the Dark, Marvel Superheroes, or Pig Smoke. So we, <laughs> this could go a lot of different ways. Okay. <laughs> so and now we're looking more at character, right? Yeah, now we're now we're moving on from setting, going to character. I rolled a three. <gasps> I got a Marvel superhero. I also rolled a three. Superheroes. That's really funny. Um so the next I have a whole separate page because Marvel Superheroes has such a complicated um system. And what I have here on the PDF, which I didn't mention, but I will link this PDF in the in the show notes um, in case anyone wants to follow along or at least see what we're doing. It's awesome. Um, but this is uh, an abridged version. It's more complicated than the actual rules. Oh, my God. Yeah. So now what we're going to do is we're going to figure out what kind of a physical form we have. Um, so what kind of a person are we? And we're going to roll a D hundred for that. So I doubt we're going to roll the same on this. I rolled a 34. I didn't roll the right dice. I rolled an 81. Okay. So I'm a mutant and an 81 would make you a robot. Ooh, cool. Um, so cool. So you are some sort of Magitech robot, yeah. I guess. Uh, that's cool. Um, I guess we'll figure out how that goes. Um, and, uh, then we're going to roll twice on the power table and we're going to see what two powers we get. I did this specifically for Marvel superheroes because every other game has a has like a specific power list that comes with a class, but Marvel superheroes it's just there is no class, right? So uh, we're just gonna see what we get for that. Eighty five. Okay, you have a physical enhancement. Easy, I'm a robot, and I have. 42, which is matter control. Mm. Oh, interesting. I got a 57, so that's matter creation. So you can control and, it, but I can create it. Mm -hmm, and I got 63, which is mental enhancement. That's really funny. We got two, like, opposite side powers. That's really funny. Okay, so... um if you want more specifics, I didn't want to copy out all the specific powers that they have in the book, but just to get an idea of what these, um, these, what these types of powers, um, uh, would include. So for physical enhancement, that's stuff like, Regeneration, stealth, vocal control, water breathing, uh, armor skin. Like, you can do quite a bit with it. And, um, matter creation. Um, so they've got, uh, molecular creation, missile creation, life form creation, and, um, Spider-Man's, uh, iconic webcasting is also, uh, considered matter creation okay, so that's amazing so yeah you can you can sort of think about anything uh in that vein and i've got uh matter control so that includes stuff like enlargement uh weather molding or uh crystallization and um for mental enhancement that can be uh Empathy, uh, hyper-intelligence, iron will, linguistance, mind drain, telekinesis. So all, all of these have pretty broad um, scopes for what we can do with them. And um, we don't necessarily have to decide right now. Um, but, you know, just as we, as we go through the rest of this, my idea was we could fill in the blanks. All right, that's cool. I definitely like that they're similar to each other. 
Yeah. That's, it's, we rolled the same, uh, the same game to pull from, and then similar powers. It's, something's going on today. I like mm. it. We're in sync. <laughs> Okay. Okay, so the next part, um, we're going to um, look at our background for our characters. So, um, taken from the dark below, um, there is a conceit when we go through this specific character creation process that we are exiled from our homeland. For a reason, which Exiled. is just the one, it's just the part that I took from the dark below what? because I thought it was the easiest to fit in with any other character creation. Okay, but it just starts <laughs> us with tragedy. So we could roll a d8, or I will let you pick if you really don't want to. No, I love a d8. Let's go. Okay. And then there is that last one that's off the list, a transgression of your own choosing. Mm. Um. Oh, easy. I got number five, uh, which is committed prescribed acts of violence in brackets. Violence. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got six. Ended a life. Murder. A.K.A. Violence. <laughs> um, once again, in sync. Yep. Although I think it's a little more terrifying because you're a robot, and so you well, um, now you're just being discriminatory against robots. And my point is, is normally robots are created with purpose, and if you were exiled for violence, that means you weren't intended to do the violence. Or I was intended to do the violence by someone who made me, who was maybe against the powers that be. Mmm. Interesting. And then they were like, Does oh, mean- I didn't tell them to be violent. That's so weird. They must be dysfunctional. I'll, we'll just exile this robot. But it's interesting what that says about this culture, because um, if you're a robot that was created, the idea that they wouldn't just destroy you and they would instead exile you means they see technology like sentient technology as like something that's not something you should kill or destroy like it has like almost human like value like there's some humanity like any level of sentience i guess is respected yeah no that makes sense interesting i think also Um, too like if you've been um like, powered up by this type of magic, right? Like, there's a respect for the magic that you might not want to try and kill it. Oh, so maybe the idea that, um, yeah, that you could dissipate this magic and it would be lost and, like, they don't want to waste it? Interesting. Hmm. That's very interesting. What about you, murderer? Um, I'm a mutant who murdered. Pro- well, it could be through mental enhancement because it could have been something like telekinesis. But I feel like it was probably some sort of matter control thing because that's a little more obvious. And I feel like I wouldn't have been exiled if I did something unknown. So I'll have to think about that. Do you feel like it was like a whoops or <laughs> murder? Um, our characters keep twinning, so I like the idea that I took a job for someone, was sort of like promised that it would go well, and then they left me high and dry to take the fall. So like a similar sort of situation. Um... I just wanted to read up on what Marvel superheroes said about um, crystallization because that one sounded interesting to me. And it says that you can transform any material into a uh, a gem-like material. Um, so 
I like that I, I like the idea that how I would fight is just to take random objects around, turn it into some sort of like diamond like crystal and like stab people. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, so yeah, I, I think I was hired to do a hit on someone and it just went wrong and I took the fall for it. And then this diamond thing, I want to, I love to do some sort of theme, especially with a superhero. So I like the idea that I also have something like Iron Will as my other, um, you know, my mind is a diamond. Yep. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next part of our background is from Steading. Um, and this tells us um, where our new home is. And so we're going to roll a little d6. All right. I got four. A dark, mysterious forest. Oh, my God. A robot in a forest. I love, like, in video games and stuff, when, um, like, ancient robots get sort of, like, mossed over and vines and stuff. They're still functional. That's amazing. Ugh. I got a cozy burrow or cave behind a waterfall. Obviously, I'm taking the cave behind a waterfall because that's awesome. And also, because <laughs> um, that's awesome. Oh, and gems, right? Yeah, and meditating at a waterfall to keep my mind sharp and clear, like a diamond. Like a diamond. It's all coming together. Uh, and do you currently call this place home? I just added that question in at the end. Um. We're going to have to figure out how we came together, but, um. Yeah, I would say, like, it's not necessarily where I call home. Um, I feel like I would still consider where I was exiled from home. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm just here now. I'm going to throw this out here. Feel free to veto it. But what if we don't have similar time spans? Like, what if you were exiled from your home like a hundred years ago and you've been hiding out in this forest before my character stumbles upon you? Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Then maybe we can come back to my place at the waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> all right um so i will point out that i've been able to like stay charged by locating like different um ancient trees with like deep root systems that i can like harness power from oh yeah so if you're like i got this cool waterfall i'll be like mm, i don't know you're like oh but it has a cave it's like, Ooh, a cave a cave that could go deep enough that I could stay charged. Hmm. Okay, let's check it out. Excellent. Do I currently call this place home? I think so. I think it's probably been a while, and I'm still afraid of people coming after me. Okay, uh, and now we're getting on to um, the more interpersonal stuff. Uh, Dear Elizabeth, <laughs> um, that letter-writing game... I took sort of the the base part of um, the beginning where it's just answering a couple questions. There's no, like, tables to roll on or anything. You're just supposed to, um, uh, well, first of all, describe your personality, pick a virtue, vice, and hope. I eliminated the part of Dear Elizabeth where it said, embrace those 19th century values because <laughs> I didn't think that would necessarily be appropriate. That will never be appropriate. Um, I feel like for my character, they're very straightforward, 
unemotional robot. Um, and in terms of that, I would say a virtue of theirs is that they are um, really uh, quick to assess a situation, like objectively. They're like, what's up? This is what's up. This is what needs to be done. Um, uh, a vice of theirs, though, is that they tend to put themselves first um, because mm. they are just, I must stay alive to do the next thing. Um, and a hope that they have is that they will be able to go back to where they're from um, to speak with their creator. Well, we'll see if that happens. It's been like a hundred years. Maybe. Um, okay, I like that. Um, what about yourself? Hmm. I think it's because I'm playing a monk in our next game that I'm just on this sort of meditation vibe. Um, but I'm going to say patience. Um for a virtue um which is why i don't mind waiting it out uh in a waterfall cave um hoping that you know i can take my time getting back in maybe reintegrate into society i think my vice what's my vice um Ooh, to contrast, though, my vice is, um, can my vice be violent? Is that a thing? I enjoy. Yeah, you enjoy a good a punch to someone's face. Um, I also enjoy hunting for myself, mm. barehanded. Oh. Well, not barehanded, like, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, like, close, close combat with whatever sort of diamond, uh, weaponry that i want to make and um as far as hope for the future yeah i hope that i can reintegrate into society so also go home all right so the next line says describe your family do your parents work what are they like um i'm a robot um so my family wasn't necessarily a normal situation. I would say I was created uh, by um, a middle-aged man and in his shop there were more like me, some that were powered up and some that were not. Um, and um, the person who created me was very good at teaching me the ways of the world. And in that, I respected them. I'm almost getting a Mega Man vibe now. Um, like you are either created by Dr. Wily or Dr. Light. And you have all these like robot siblings. And... One day we might have to defeat all eight of them <laughs> before they take over the city. Dun dun dun. <laughs> um. Whoa, my family. Um. Man, I don't have any concept of where this person came from. But like, why would you take a shady job, being an assassin? Do you think you're? Family was assassins, or do you think you lost your family at a young age? Well, I'm, I mean, I, I can go and, like, lean into the trope, being a mutant, that, like, most people will study magic and, like, learn to harvest, mad, harness the magic, but um, if you develop these sort of innate powers that you're seen as, like, a bit of a freak, um, and I think that maybe my parents are proper uh lower crust but that means that they're rich <laughs> um <laughs> i was like oh yeah that does check um and so when i started developing these powers um 
yeah, I think they sent me away. Uh, and so they, they're pretty cold people. Um, uh, do they work? Um, I think they own industry. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Like they own. They're, they're not manual laborers. That's for sure. No. They might. <laughs> All I thought they... was like they might own a diamond mine. <laughs> Just to go with your diamond thing. Oh my god. And now you're like, I can make my own diamonds, mom. You know what? Let's go for it. <laughs> um yeah that's that oh that even works even better because it was it was not just oh you're a bit of a freak because it doesn't manifest like super obviously but they're like you need to leave the city because like we can't have you here you gotta uh fend for yourself because you're going to ruin our business uh supply and demand you're gonna mess it all up or it could be um, like what you're making isn't necessarily a genuine diamond, right? It's diamond-like. So people are thinking they're selling fakes. Ooh, okay, yeah. And they're like, no, 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 our stuff's legit. Oh, she's gone now. She's not even part of our lives. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I like that. Um... The next question we have, how did you meet? Well, I stumbled upon you in your forest. Um, for the sake of me... I mean, what if... Now I'm just thinking, what if the the waterfall cave is in the forest. Well, yeah, that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. So then, so then it's not, it's not anything crazy. I didn't have to go on an epic quest or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just, oh, I was hunting in the area. I came across you and I was like, whoa, that's from civilization. And I'm like, whoa, you are also from civilization. Yeah. Um, describe each describe a special moment you share. I would say, so as a robot and not needing human comforts, um, I notice like you struggling to like maintain something like setting up a fire or like accessing like clean water. And I like see this and I'm like, ugh, humans. And I like go and I gather like some wood and like quickly just light it on fire. And I'm like, fire. Now you will not die. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to give you some, like, I'd like to make and give you some sort of um, like crystal jewelry or adornment of some kind. And, like, it's the first time anyone thought to, like you know, dress you up, make you feel special or whatever. And I kind of, you know, show you on some reflective surface, what you look like. What, what would you like? What do you think your robot would find striking or. I would say probably a necklace would be the easiest. Mm. Uh, just in terms of wearing. Um, are, are you a very like, automaton human like proportioned robot i am like a human porsche uh, proportional robot but like very very like old school type of robot like i don't look like rectangular yeah a very like rectangular or like cylindrical shapes like i'm not mm. a modern android situation like we have nowadays like i look like a robot like i have a tin can of a head that's where we're oh, at oh cool 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 okay yeah so i slipped that around your tin can head yeah <laughs> and yeah and there you go and that was that was how we became friends I also realized that if I shine my laser through this gem, it refracts it. 
and that could be very helpful. Oh. This is very useful. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm like learning to just respond to you very like matter of factly. Um, the last part of this dear Elizabeth section is, did you part? If so, why? No. Um, I don't think, I don't think at this point, at least, um, we have, um. No, cause we yeah, have just cause we're found both each outcasts. other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next part of this is from Starcrossed. Let's each answer. What is my most attractive feature? I watch you kill an animal with your bare hands instead of utilizing a more useful tool. Oh, no, no, no. You answered that about yourself. Oh, about myself. What is my most attractive feature? Yeah. My computational skills? My processor runs so fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially if you compare to me. Oh, no, I'm I'm trying to figure out anything like that. I'm like, hmm. And you're like, no, I already got it. As far as my most attractive feature goes, um, I think I have great hair. (laughs) Um,. I like to keep it simple for this one because the next we're going to answer about each other. Uh, what are two things about me that I don't realize are attractive? So I'm now picking this about you? Yeah. Okay. So I would say, yeah, your like viciousness and ability to kill with your bare hands, even though you are made of such brutal material, <laughs> that is attractive. It is also attractive that you can create items that are relatively indestructible. So both like skill-based things. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, I think that I find um, your lack of judgment, like you're not a judgmental creature. I think that's attractive, especially considering my life. Um, and I think there's a certain beauty in the weathering that's gone on over the years. So my actual appearance. Yeah. My weathered robot appearance. Yep. Okay, and now something that we're both very familiar with. We're going to pick a minimum of two to answer um, from this list of um, masks prompts. I sort of curated um, uh, some of the more... um, Some of the less role-specific prompts from masks... um, because some of them were very uh, specific, like the legacy um, playbook, like specifically talks about your legacy or the doomed is talking about your doom. So I didn't include those, but um, it's most of most of those relationship prompts that uh, when you're doing your character creation that I grabbed this whole list from. So we're going to take a second, decide uh, one to answer about each other, and then one to answer about an NPC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I left it open-ended in case anyone, me, you, or some someone listening wants to take this and, like, play it in a group. I thought, I don't know. It could be fun. Uh, so I started at the bottom. I don't know why. Uh, and I would pick... You would be a great sidekick. I try to keep them around. That's really funny. <laughs> the, like, I don't know. I'm obviously I don't the think main I'm character. stupid, but I don't. 
I don't think I realized that you think of me as a sidekick. Yep. Um, well, you are breakable and I am not. But you can do cool things. And that is, that's going to help me. Ooh. I do like um, your character knows plenty that I don't know about this world, its people, and how to deal with them. I should follow their lead line here because I'm sure at some point it does it does come out that you're from like another time, and I think you knowing about like an era gone by is pretty fascinating. Um, yeah. And also, you know, you've, like, been in this forest for, like, a century, so. Yeah. Yeah. Although I feel like it's interesting, like, the things that you would find important about this forest are not things I would necessarily find important about this forest. So it'd be me pointing out, like, that tree's a very old tree. And you'd be like, okay, yeah. so I'm looking for food. I'm like, yes, but that tree over there is very old. <laughs> <laughs> And then you, like, just, like, I don't know, plug into it yep. to recharge yourself. And I'm like, I can't do that. No, it's like, and it's a old kind of looking cord, too. Like a three-prong kind of system. Uh, oh, yeah. That I'm like. Oh, my God. It's almost like you're tapping the tree. Yeah. But instead of sap, you're getting. A hundred percent what I was planning on. That's why oh, I was like, it has so to cool. be an older tree because it would have the deeper roots. And it's <sighs> sucking the magic up into it. I love that. Um, for my NPC, I'm going to pick my creator. And um, I'm going to say they're the only one who understands what I'm going through. Um, and oh. I told them which part of me I wish was more like uh, my parent. So I feel like I talked to them about how I wanted to be more human in different ways. Uh, so, like, more like them. So, I was trying to connect even deeper with the person who made me to be like, I, I am special. I am better than my other robot siblings. Exactly. You are the Mega Man. Yeah. I am the best yeah. man. Um, okay, this is going to be a lot because I had to think about who I could... Um, add into this i'm just completely coming up with a new character here um i did something terrible to um the mayor's daughter and i hope that they can forgive me one day and the terrible thing that i did was murder their corrupt parents Oh, okay. That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I guess we knew each other and maybe I didn't realize that's who that was. Maybe I knew them out of context of their family and it was only after the murder that I realized, oh, your parent is the mayor. Dun, dun, dun. There you go. Add some drama. That is drama. Let's say it. Okay, and now, um, now we've got basically, um, a concept and uh, an overall story, and we're going to say what's next from C issue X. So I took the part not from the character creation but i took um this from the crossover event um and basically it tells you about some sort of um super conflict that we're going to have to face mm -hmm. keeping in mind we all we already have certain things that we established like at the beginning this sort of like warring uh or tenuous oppressive piece for now for now uh that we have to worry about so uh we're each going to draw one card and both of those cards are going to have an impact on what we do 
Um, and keep in mind that for every time a suit is repeated, increase the scale of the menace from global to cosmic, from cosmic to uh, multiversal. Well, we can only go so far. one level to cosmic. Um, but yeah, so we'll have to determine what it is. So you got the eight of clubs and I got the seven of hearts. Ooh, okay, so for clubs, the menace first made its appearance here or from here. Um, sorry. All of them are unmarked. I forgot to edit that part. Just take out the rest of the, the first part and the if unmarked because it's always going to be unmarked because the way it works is normally you would write on the cards and create like a deck. Oh, so. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, let's take that back. Uh, for clubs, um, mark the card with a place known for cryptid or paranormal activity or the site of a historical mystery. What does this look like? Ooh. So we're just going to fully create a place. Yeah, I totally know. So... um I, like in our own world, like there are places where you can see like where the tectonic plates have like shifted open and there's like this huge like a like, crevasse. Yes. Uh and it goes so deep down, like that would just be filled, filled with this magic, right? So I Whoa. feel like in one of those places they've built almost like a um monument uh near it, uh almost like a like a, a shrine to this magic. Um, so it is full of paranormal activity because of the creatures that can come out of it. But it's like they've been trying to sacrifice things at this shrine to like appease the magic to try and like reduce the amount of evil coming out of it. Can I just establish here? Because we didn't answer this one question, which I'm pretty sure I included. What happens to people when they die? But at this point, can I say that th that this is a site of sort of like a crossover point between like this life and the afterlife? Oh, so cool. Yes. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Cool. So is this the Great Crevasse Shrine? Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, for hearts... Uh, mark the card with a superhero or supervillain whose powers are difficult to control. How is this person involved? Ooh. Okay, difficult for them to control, or we can't control them? I like mm. it. We can't control them. Interesting. Okay, so... Okay, if it's we can't control them then I'll say it's a supervillain. Because if it was the other way around, then I would say it's a superhero that's, like, gone out of control. You know, like a Jean mm. Grey Phoenix type thing. Um, so, okay, but it's at this shrine at the boundary of the living and dead. So there are some sort of, like, necromancer something in that vein um i feel like necromancer definitely works it'd be like these super powered zombies he'd be bringing back right like they'd all be just full of this magic Okay, I'm tying it in. I'm going to tie it in to sort of the overarching themes that we've got. So basically, um, this is a head of state. And so he's secretly a supervillain. People don't know that it's whatever head of state, like governor, whatever. Um, and, um, he 
has been like pushing um like military force for the sake of creating death so he can use his superpower of harnessing the souls so he is like fueling his own powers and because this is where they sort of congregate like we have we try to have some sort of showdown and we're the only ones who see it because we have been exiled from this sort of like utopian city quote unquote um okay there you go done um wow cool okay so now now that we've got all this we're going to go back to that character paragraph oh, we're going to fill end in the, the blanks PDF. and then yeah and then we're just going to read them out okay 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 um for the sake of um when it's important to write about them in um in our own sentences did you name yourself? Yeah. What did you name yourself? Robert. Oh my god. That's perfect because I named myself Crystal. So yes! We were on the. Yeah. Crystal with a K. K R Y S T A L. Ah. Okay, where is. Oh, I'm at my. Okay, there's Crystal. Crystal! Okay. Who do you want to go first? Do you want you to go first or me? You? All right, I'll go first, reading uh, the profile. Uh, So, hello, uh, my name is Robert. I go by they, them pronouns. I'm 150 years old and stand a whopping five feet tall. I'm the party's robot with the ability to regenerate my life force and to create compounds, especially those that combust. My most attractive feature is my processing system. Two things about me that I don't realize are attractive are my weathered appearance and, well, my lack of judgment. I wear nothing except a necklace and move with rigidity as I am a robot. I am from a metropolis of a bygone era where people are known for their creative tendencies. My parent is Dr. Spires, and he is known for designing intelligent life like myself. I was exiled for violence and ended up making this forest my new home. Objectivity is very important to me, and self-serving tendencies can be considered my weakness. I hope for a chance to meet back with Dr. Spires. I met Crystal in the forest as they were hunting with a ferocity that I have not seen in such a fragile being before. It would be great to keep them around as a sidekick. And so I will do so. Um, Dr. Spires is the only one who really understands what I'm going through. And I wish that I could be more like them. Which is why I hope to find them again. Yay! Oh, I like that. That worked out really well. Um, So let's talk about Crystal. Hello, my name is Crystal. She, her. I'm 24 years old and stand 5 feet 2 inches tall. I'm the party's assassin mutant with the ability to er to turn objects to gemstone and completely control my own mind. My most attractive feature is my hair. Hair flip. (laughs) Two things about me that I don't realize are attractive are my viciousness in close combat and my ability to create useful objects. I wear scraps of clothing, animal skins, and move with caution. I'm from a technologically advanced city where my people are known for excess. My parents are amethyst and rock, and they are rich for mining diamonds. I was exiled for killing the corrupt mayor and ended up making a waterfall cave my new home. Patience is very important to me, 
and losing myself to violence can be considered my weakness. I hope for one day to return to my hometown. I met my group when I came across Robert in the forest. Robert knows plenty that I don't about this world, its people, and how to deal with them. I should follow their lead while I'm here. Uh, I did something terrible to the mayor's daughter once, which was kill her parent. Uh, I hope they can forgive me one day. And there you go. And that's uh, the story of Robert and Crystal. So, uh, two little lost souls that find each other in the wilderness with both having a dream of going home. It's very sweet. I love it so much. I don't know if it's gonna go that way. Um, we will be squaring off against some necromantic forces, um, with explosions and diamond knives. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. What did you think? What did you think about? I really enjoyed it. I definitely felt concerned seeing like the first page of the PDF being like this fill in the blank profile. And I was like, oh, I have no idea what I would put in these blanks. Oh my God. And like very much that blank page feeling when you have to like write something. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh. and then going through the different stages, I was like, oh, okay. Okay, cool. This makes sense. And then it just like naturally builds like the character in that environment. So then going back up to the fill in the blanks, I was like, oh, okay, well, I already have the answers to all of this, except for like, what's my name? And then I'm so matter of fact that it had to be Robert the Robot. So I had the rest just filled in so easily because I already had a character and a personality and all of these like pieces to round it out. This is cool. Great. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I was trying to take, you know, what I could pull from all these different systems and what, what would work together. I feel like now that I've done it, um, just that one part of taking the exile part from um, the dark below, mm-hmm. um, I think that really does um, make it so you're going to tell a certain type of story with it. But I still feel like depending on, you know, even the setting we came up with in the beginning, I feel like that could have led to like a lot of different things. Um, also, we both ended up wanting to return, which kept us in sort of an exile state. I feel like you could take this and be like, well, we were exiled from here, but we like moved on with our lives and we're, reintegrated with the new society and and that but um yeah also the dice rolls just uh even with our powers being like kind of similar that was cool um and we could we could do this again and we could like have something completely differently like the tone would have been a lot different even if we had rolled pig smoke characters because pig smoke (laughs) characters are jokes Um, but i love them (laughs) They're great. They're great. I put that in because I I thought it would be really funny to to get some sort of like slacker mind bending <laughs> wizard. Um, Amazing, yeah, but that's just it. Really like the fact that we both there. ended up with like the superhero concept was definitely keeping us along the same track. But it doesn't necessarily mean that because I wouldn't say my robot is very like a marvel superhero in my mind like i'm mm-hmm. very much thinking like the robots from the movie robots <laughs> like a very yeah. like cartoonish kind of character um so i can see how all of these like character archetypes or like classes could mix and mingle from the different um rpgs yeah um like even even any of those classic D characters like you could easily translate um i know 100% my character could easily be a D&D character or a blades in the dark character i don't think either of us could necessarily translate into a big smoke character i could um, 100% i would be the workhorse <laughs> right like i would just do all the work like yeah. i wouldn't see any problem with that and i would do a dang good job at it of alchemy, the workhorse in the alchemy department, because you create compounds. Done. 
okay, you know what? True. Um, and I'd be an gosh. artificer. I might be the networker in artifacts and relics. Ooh. Maybe. Or mind bending, actually. Yeah. But like. Instead of focusing on your like ability to make crystals, you're then like, I can make crystals, but that's like my side gig. I'm actually yeah. really talented in like mind bending. Yeah. But like, you can't touch my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, awesome. Well, this was fun. Um, I think it was a great way. I'm glad that you could come back a year later after a year's worth of episodes and um, not spend several hours creating a character. We got right to the point. Um, we came away with like a pretty unique story. And yeah, I, I thought, thought it was a good way to celebrate. No, this was amazing. Congratulations on one year of the podcast. That's so awesome. And thank you. Hopefully I'll be back for the next anniversary. Oh, yeah, definitely. This podcast wouldn't be where it is today without you. So I would love to have you back anytime. Thanks again for coming on this episode. Thanks for everyone that's listening. And I hope you all look forward to the year ahead in season two of RPG Blueprints. Before you go, I'd like to thank James Roach for the awesome job on the podcast themes. You can check out what he's up to by following him on Twitter at Hamesatron. You can follow RPG Blueprints at RPGBP on Twitter. I'd also like to thank you for listening, and I hope you take a spark of inspiration from this episode and use it in your own creation.